Welcome to season two of the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. This season features our biblical teaching segment, Study With Me, where we read through portions of the Old and New Testament, and Sip and Say with Stephanie, where you hear Stephanie's perspective on social issues, world events, and whatever is on her mind. Join us on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more on Thursdays at 10 p.m. Want to leave Stephanie a message? Go to our podcast on Anchor FM and click the message button, and you just might be featured on her podcast. Don't forget to like and share your favorite episodes. We look forward to engaging with you soon. Blessings. to sip and say with Stephanie. Hey, 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 Stephanie Humphrey Channel listeners, followers, those who are listening to the rebroadcast, how are y'all doing this evening? How are you doing mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually? How are you doing? I am actually doing pretty well tonight. I want to go to bed. Y'all know this is my Thursday routine, right? I want to go to bed, just lay in the bed. Not necessarily sleepy right now, but I could just lay just lay in the bed and just like woosah. So it was a really good day at work. I had a lot to do today and I didn't intend to have a lot to do today, but it turned out that I had a lot to do today. And it was fine. I got everything done that I needed to get done. And then I had a coworker actually to come at the end of the day. And she was a little frantic and she wanted me to help her with the family. And I'm just like, give me the information. I'll contact the family tomorrow. <laughs> like, it's, it's time to go. And so um, she didn't have the family on the phone or anything. They had just reached out to her at some point during today. And I just got the word at the end of the day. So I will reach out to that family tomorrow. Um, other than that, I feel pretty good emotionally, spiritually, mentally. I feel good. Um Physically, I feel pretty good. I feel some tightness in my shoulders, y'all. Like, I can't tell if it's because I've been scrunching my shoulders because it's cold now. And so I try to keep my electricity bill low. So I keep my temperature usually around 60, somewhere between 64 and 66, depending on how it's feeling outside. So I'm like, you know, in the house wrapped up in my throes and, um, and, uh, like my shoulders are scrunched up. So, of course, that kind of makes your shoulders hurt, them scrunched up, or you can feel some discomfort there. And I don't, so I don't know if it's that or if I'm carrying some stress. I haven't been able to figure it out yet, but I do feel good. You are, I passed my wellness final, or my wellness class on my yoga final was last weekend. I passed that. My social emotional final was in August and I passed that. So I am on the journey to become a certified yoga instructor. Um, And we did have our graduation on Sunday. I have one more class to finish up, which I'll do next Tuesday. And after that class is finished, all of my coursework will be done and I'll be getting my certificate in social emotional learning Um, as a social emotional learning facilitator, as well as a yoga instructor. So I'm so excited. I'm doing my, I started my weekly classes back on Tuesdays instead of Fridays. So on Tuesdays, um, we, I'm doing my yoga classes. So I have my first hour Tuesday this past, like this week, like two days ago, and it was really good. And it was really hard. (laughs) 
Because honestly, I was telling my team this weekend as I'm moving forward in my goals, I have not been practicing yoga as consistently as I should be practicing it. And so um, this week, I purpose to practice every single day this week. And I have missed two days. Like yesterday, I did practice, but not as long as I wanted to or could have or should have. So, but I totally missed Monday. Like I missed Monday altogether. Did my one hour class Tuesday, practiced a little bit last night. And I am going to do some yoga poses before I go to bed. I've got a few things to do after the broadcast, but I am going to do some yoga before I go to bed. And so I'm doing my yoga classes on Tuesday. And starting this Sunday, I'll be hosting or teaching a mindfulness slash meditation slash intention setting for the week. And it's only going to be about between five and 15. Like it'll be no more than 15 minutes. Um, I don't plan for it to be any more than 15 minutes. So the purpose of the yoga class, of course, is to um, like build strength in our body, to um, encourage a mind, body, soul connection, to help our body just stretch out and be strengthened and be more solid and more balanced. Um, the mindfulness and meditation and intention setting for Sunday, we will focus on setting intentions for the week. So what do I want to accomplish this week? You know, what do I need to focus on? What do I want to accomplish? And we'll focus on whatever area we choose, you know, you choose to focus on, whether that's your, I'm going to focus on or set my intention on my mental health this week, or I'm going to set my intention on my physical health this week and eat, at, you know, three healthy meals this week, you know, or I'm going to set my intention on my emotional health and I'm going to like um, steal away. <laughs> Still away to Jesus. I'm gonna still away and just take care of me. So whatever that looks like from week to week, we're gonna start on Sunday, set it, setting our intention for the week and meditating. Um, I'm not gonna to get too much into meditation to start with. I'm gonna focus on mindfulness and intention setting, and then we'll transition into the meditation as we continue to practice mindfulness and setting our intention for the week. And then, you know, I'll have the participants to keep a journal so that we can track how we are progressing in our mindful meditation, how we are progressing in um, fulfilling the intentions that we've set for that week. And so that's what the mindfulness on Sundays is all about, okay? So if you want to know more information, let me go ahead and add my website so that you can get um, more information. I think I'm going to eventually change my um, website to take the Weebly out. If I do, it'll be at the end of the, of the year. It won't be right now. So you'll be able to tap into my classes if you so choose. I know that yoga is not for everybody. And I'm going to be honest with you. Hi, Mom. Good evening to you. Hey, Aunt Wanda. How are you doing? I'm going to be honest with you. I struggled taking this class because, you know, just listening to people in the Christian world talk like yoga is a different religion that we should not be engaging with or cross um, contaminating, if you will. <laughs> they didn't say that. I'm just using that word, but like cross, cross, cult, like cross those religious boundaries. And so I did struggle with if I was going to take this class. I think I mentioned this to you some months ago when I first started talking about my wellness class, but I really felt peace in my spirit and peace with God to take this class. And it has been helpful for me in my overall mental and spiritual and emotional growth. And it does not conflict with my Christian values, not even a little bit. 
Like there's absolutely no conflict there. And I love the conversations that I've been able to engage with, with those who are Jesus followers, those who were, were Catholic, but no longer are practicing Catholicism, those who say, I believe in a higher being, but I don't know if it's necessarily God. Um, those who believe that like there is a supreme being kind of like within, um, those who said they grew up in church, but uh, organized religion was not for them. So they're kind of like on their own spiritual path. Those who say they're all roads to God. Like I've had, we've had like multiple conversations about how we view you know, yoga and religion, whether it's Christianity or Hinduism, Buddhism, um, Muslim, the Muslim faith, um, Catholicism, all of that. And it's been really encouraging um, just how strong I am in my faith. And like, I'm unshakable in my faith. No worries there. But I'm so respectful of others' practices. Like if you practice a different religion or if you don't practice religion at all, I'm respectful of that. Because you have a right to live your life like you want to live it, just like I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it. And so um, so it's been really good. The class has been wonderful. I've learned a lot of information um, as it relates to yoga and the history of yoga. And, you know, the, the class took us through different muscles, like our skeletal system, our muscles, um, how our breathing should happen to maximize our muscle strength and uh, our body strength. Like it is so much information that was good. I'm going to um, have an opportunity to go back and like glean some more information because I do plan to teach this to to my um, uh, to my uh uh, my uh, my students. Ooh, let me. I was like classmates. What is it? I plan to teach all of that to my students as I get more comfortable in sharing yoga and sharing the poses and different things. I'm going to teach how this benefits your body, and so I'm really excited about that. You know what? Another thing I'm excited about the wellness class, y'all. Like I said, I graduated Sunday. I had my graduation hat and everything. I was like, like this is it. But when I shared that I finished my yoga class, my colleagues were celebrating me and. Um, some of my friends as well. And they asked me, like, I had three individuals ask me, well, how much are your classes? And I was like, well, I'm not charging anything for my classes because I need to practice. Like, I need to practice saying the poses, helping you um, position your body in the pose safely, and then transitioning out of that pose to another pose safely. Like, I need to practice. I don't have time to be charging nobody. <laughs> Because I need the practice to make sure that I am presenting yoga in a way that is safe um, to the community that I'll be leading. And so I am going to eventually charge starting next year. I don't know at what point, but right now I need a practice. And then I am finishing one class. Like I need one more hour of teaching yoga. And so because I was I started off with like 30 minute sessions. Now I'm finishing my last hour next week. And so I'm you know, like I said, I need that one hour for my certification. And so, I, you know, I don't want to charge. I'm still in student process or student mindset right now. And I have my class on, on Tuesday and got some good feedback. And so I'm glad for that. But I see ways that I need to improve and that I want to improve as I uh, become a leader and a certified yoga instructor and being able to do this like part-time. I'm hoping to do this part-time, like my legitimate side hustle, get me some part-time income in, but I'm not doing this as a moneymaker. I'm just doing it because I really believe that there are benefits to practicing yoga. There are benefits to practicing mindfulness and 
I know it's helped me in, um, in some ways that I'll be able to share with my class. And I think I can, you know, be an advocate to help other people um, to be their best self and to be well and fit. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited about the certification, about my graduation, and about registering as a yoga instructor. I'm really excited about that. I'm hoping to be able to go into a studio next year, maybe like as a part-time employee. That's definitely future. Um, for beginners, I really want to start with beginners and help them get comfortable with practicing yoga and comfortable with their body and the poses and how that all feels to your body. I'm thinking about there is a second certification that is like a higher certification rather. And I'm thinking about taking that because that certification goes into teaching how to teach chair poses. So there is such a thing as teaching chair poses in yoga. And like, I know that there are individuals um, in my family and just other individuals that have limited mobility, and I want to have the certification to teach chair yoga. And so I'm thinking about that that higher certification. I haven't made a final decision um, about it yet, but we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. So I, I, I said all that to say I'm excited. <laughs> about my graduation and this new journey that I'm going to embark on. You know, one thing I can say about my life, my life has not been dull. <laughs> like I'm doing things that I never anticipated doing, never even thought about doing until the opportunity was presented to me. I, you got, you all have heard me say this before. I, I, Public, not published, but I authored and illustrated my first book in fourth grade ELA, fourth grade English language arts with Miss Spencer. I want to meet, I want to just, I want, I want to reach out to Miss Spencer. Like I cannot remember Miss Spencer's um, first name. I remember what she looked like. I just wish I could like reach out, like meet her again, like reunite with her and hug her and just love on her and thank her for that awesome experience of writing and publishing my writing and authoring my own my um, first book and I call it my first book because it was because I have many more at this point but I fell in love with writing and I started writing you know y'all heard me say poetry skits you know um a short story but I never thought about being a published author I was just writing for myself writing songs writing poetry I was just doing it for myself you know and then singing songs to the Lord you know making a joyful noise to the Lord you know and singing to myself psalms hymns and spiritual songs as Ephesians and Colossians say never even entered into my mind to be a published author, but a sister friend of mine, I did a spoken word for the pastor of the church at the time, his his wife, um, first lady, um, and I did a poem for a spoken word for her, which I have not been able to find that spoken word. I have no idea what I did with. It. I think it's on one of my floppy disks because I had an old computer with the floppy disk. I think it's somewhere on there anyway. So one of my sister friends, she said, Stephanie, you ought to copyright that. Never even thought about a copyright. I was like, okay, let me check into this. <laughs> that idea, that seed was planted in fourth grade. It was watered when I did the spoken word and the increase has been over the last several years. And so, y'all, I didn't mean to talk about all this, but this sip and say, so we're going to go with it and then we're going to get to our sip. So the seed was planted. So I started doing some research. If I, if I don't do nothing else, I'm going to do some research. Like if you tell me something, I'm going to search it out for myself, you know? Um, the, what the Bible talks about, sir, it's the, um, something of a king to search out a matter. Let me look it up. 
while while I um uh it it, it is a, the wisdom or something of the king y'all um just search out around. so I started doing some research and um and I found like create space I think I I did some research online and then I got a few um writers uh, magazines and got some information from that y'all thus my writing career was expanded also it didn't start but it was expanded and not only did i do you know read some writers uh magazines some you know doing some online research about writing publishing copywriting like i didn't know i started with the copywriting and then it kind of expanded into well maybe i can publish this or do some writings or something y'all i i discovered the lord it was nobody but god y'all national novel writing month and I'll tell y'all about that maybe. I'll tell y'all about that next week. Let me write it down. I'll tell y'all about NaNoWriteMo next week. So you all can join me, okay? Um, no, I need... Yeah, we got another week in October. So you have some time to get your life together and we can start in November. I might tell you at the end of the broadcast. We'll see. So I discovered that and I joined and I... I think in 2012, 2012, I think it was. And I wrote, you know, you write 50,000 words in 30 days from November 1st to November 30th. And I cranked out, I think I got to maybe 18,000 words. And then like the next year I got to like maybe 25,000 words. But y'all, it started the path of me publishing my first novel. So I published my first novel in 2013 called, um, entitled rather, A New Kind of Family. It's a story of Carrie and Mark. And it's a trip. It's, it's a lot of fun. And so that started the journey of me publishing books. And I've been, I think I've published one book every year since 2013. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Okay, so I've published at least one book every year. Um, In 2021, right? Was it 2021? 2021, I published two books. And it seemed like another year I published two books as well. Um, So I have 13, now 14. (laughs) 14 faith-based romance novels. And then I have my Gift of Love, Gifts of Love series. And I have my one poetry book. I never imagined that I was going to be a published author. Like I had no, that was not even in my brain to do that. But again, the seed was planted in fourth grade. It was watered by that sister friend and the Lord brought the increase. And so I said all that to say, and then I never considered being a yoga instructor. Like, I don't do yoga. Like, what is that? You know, so I knew about yoga and my niece enjoyed yoga. So sometimes when she came up to visit with me, we would go to the public library and they offered free yoga classes. So we did take two. We weren't able to get to all of them. We was doing other things. So we take, took two classes at two different times. And I really liked it. But I still never imagined being a yoga instructor. Like that was not even on my mind. But when the briefer change opportunity was presented and I did some research about it, I was like, this might be something good for me. Now, y'all, I'm a yoga teacher. Like, what in the world? So, you know, sometimes, I'm not going to say sometimes, all the time, God's plans for us are so much bigger and wider and more vast than we could ever imagine for ourselves. Like, I... so y'all, it, follow God's plan. Like, if you don't want to follow God's plan, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. But I'm telling you, it is a it, it. I am of the opinion 
and the testimony that God's plan for me has been bigger, has been greater, has been more aligned to the destiny that he has seated in me. And I thank God for it because I met some wonderful people taking this yoga class. I engaged in meaningful conversations with the individuals that I met. We we met one weekend a month and I wish I would have taken advantage of more of the classes and, and like this the the additional classes like we have the classes for the the um, certification process and then you can join like other yoga classes mindfulness they offer so much that i wish i would have taken advantage of but i am i am going to you know very soon but i, I wish i would have taken advantage of it at the time that i was taking the class i'm um, you know hindsight is 2020 and i'm okay i will still be able to tap into those those offerings but but i i've engaged in meaningful conversations met some people all around the united states i don't know if we had any international students. We may have. I just don't remember if we did. It was just a wonderful experience like all the way around. And my um, sister actually, I don't know who else in my family joined the graduation, but my sister did. So she heard the testimonies that were shared from some of the students and it was touching and we were crying. It's It was really a revolutionary um, class. I'm still learning and I'm still growing, but it really helped facilitate some some good changes in me. And so I really appreciate the um that opportunity that was presented to me. And uh and like I said, now I'm a yoga instructor. Now I'm a, a social emotional learning facilitator. Of course I was teaching social emotional development in the classroom already, but this gives me some more this class this um, wellness training gave me some more intensive study and certification about how to do that from the lens of mindfulness and um yoga practices so y'all who knows what's next like right like who knows what's next in my life and so i just want to encourage us to be open to new opportunities to be open to the other things that you might can't think you can do or don't know you can do or like i never considered that but maybe i can like just be open be open to opportunities presented before you be open to god's plan for your life be open to a new um direction that he might be taking you taking you to and just let God lead you, like follow God's lead. He will not lead you wrong. God will never lead you wrong. He will never lead you astray. He will never um, send you down a path that is your destruction. Your His path is always life. His path is always goodness. His path is always peace. His path, path is always joy. His path is always love, okay? It's not perfect and you will have some tests and trials. Don't get it twisted. But God promises to be with us on that path that he has chosen for us. The good and the bad, the ugly, he is right there with us. Um, covering us, keeping us, guiding us, loving on us, comforting us, you know. And so, yeah, that's it, y'all. I, I genuinely had not planned to say all of that. Like, I got my news right beside me. But, you know, sometimes it's just good for us to get a word of encouragement. Amen. So let me ask you all this. Like, I'm wondering, have you all, so it's Proverbs 25 and 2, I'm going to get there. Have you all... Um, 
been thinking about doing new things. So so the class on Tuesday, I, I set an intention. Our intention for the class this, this past Tuesday, two, two days ago, was we breathe, was breathe for beginnings. So I talked to the class and gave them some quotes about beginning, like new beginnings, like embracing new beginnings, embracing new territory, embracing promotion, like embracing whatever new that God has for us and be willing to begin again in that new place, in that new space, with that new job, in that new territory, with that new relationship, just being open to experience that new beginning. And so, and it was so good. And so I, you know, throughout the yoga practice, I reminded individuals, you know, to, to just breathe for beginning, you know, and so it was really good, y'all. So anyway, have you all, um, have you all embarked upon any new adventures lately? So my Breathe for Change wellness class, that's, that was my new beginning. So have you listeners embarked upon any new beginnings in your life, new relationships, or maybe a new job or a new business, a new ministry? Maybe you're writing some new poetry or what, you know, or becoming a poetry writer or whatever. So if you are, put it in the chat or you can put it in the comment section if you're um, listening to the rebroadcast. But I'm just curious, you know, it's good to begin again. It's it's good not only to begin again in some areas, but to again embrace those new beginnings. So I'm excited. I'm excited. So look, y'all, let me read this scripture because I had it all wrong. <laughs> I had it wrong and it's okay. I don't want to read it in the new into new um the NIV new international version. I want to read it in the King James Version. So it's Proverbs 25 and 2. It says, it is a glory of God to conceal a matter. To search out a matter is the glory of kings. So it is the glory of kings to search out a matter. So y'all, I be searching. I'm not a king, but I'm a queen. And I be searching stuff out so I can get knowledge and get understanding and get some wisdom and all of that. So um, hi, Miss Reese. How you doing? Oh, that might be my auntie. My auntie. I'm gonna just say Risa since she, you know she put it in. So hey, y'all. Glad that you joined us. Okay, let me get into our sip. We're gonna sit. Watch y'all sipping on. Y'all look. This is my second bottle this week. It's only Thursday, but this is my second bottle. I toasted myself when I graduated on um Sunday. I did toast myself, and so I had a bottle. Been drinking on a bottle this week. So this is my second bottle of the week. And so this is my Muscadine Cider. It is alcohol-free. My Duplo Winery. So I'm about to open this. I thought I had already opened a second bottle, but I'm opening this second bottle right now. And I'm going to sip on me some Muscadine. Watch y'all sipping on tonight. Oh, if I can get the bottle open, please. They don't want. They don't want me to get to my cider. Y'all be having trouble opening the bottles like every single time. Almost, I think I was struggling at one of the other sipping saves. Um, I don't want to get up and get a knife because I don't want to walk away from you all. I'm just gonna keep struggling. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, there we go. So, what are y'all sipping on tonight? Y'all got some water, tea. I started to get some hot. Y'all, it was cold today. Like I broke out my big coat today. My hat, let me show y'all my hat, my toboggan. See, we call these, let me show it to you. We call these toboggans. I have my toboggan on today. Actually, this is my red one. I had my red one on yesterday. I had my green toboggan on today. I got my thick coat out. Like, I was layered up, y'all. It was cold this morning. I think this was the coldest or one of the coldest mornings that we've had so far this year. was in the 30s. And so I had my gloves on. I had my toboggan on. I had my thick coat on because it was cold. 
So I started to drink some hot chocolate. I got one more cocoa bomb and I started to drink some hot chocolate, but I didn't. I've got, got my muscat. So y'all tell me, let me pour my muscat out. What are y'all drinking on tonight? Hot tea, cocoa, alcoholic free, alcohol free, or a little alcohol, you know, whatever works, whatever you need. <laughs> let me sit this over here so I won't spill it. So, um, what are y'all sipping on tonight? Look, I'm going to toast tonight. Y'all know sometimes I toast. So, I'm going to toast tonight. Toasting to this, toasting to my graduation and toasting to the success of my journey as a yoga instructor and a social emotional learning facilitator. May I have great success and may all be well with my students. Ting! Oh, that's good. Hey, okay. So my mom is drinking on some wine. My aunt wine is drinking on some water. So I should have brought some water over because I feel myself thirsty. Got me gulping my, my cider. So y'all, I'm just going to get into a little bit of news tonight. And y'all, I was supposed to talk tonight about breast cancer awareness because this is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, I have my pink on, and my purple is for Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I forgot, I was supposed to talk about this, I did tell y'all I was going to talk about this tonight, but I did forget to get my research because I wanted research about women um, having breast cancer and then men, even though men do not get breast cancer as at as high a rate as women, there is still a small percentage of men who 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 get who are diagnosed with breast cancer. So I want to be able to give you some statistics and some information about how to take care of your breast. Of course, get a mammogram. Like that's number one. Make sure that you're getting a mammogram. If your breasts are like my breasts and they're dense, I actually have to get a mammogram and an ultrasound to ensure that there are no lumps or changes to, you know, my breast um, size um, or shape. Not my breast size, but my breast shape, you know. And so I actually have to get both just because of the density of my breast. And so I'm, I'm used to that as just what it is. I get, get, have it done every year. And so it's important. I'm going to talk. I am going to give you some more facts next week, but I'm going to talk a little bit about it. It is important, women, that we check our breasts. So we do our breast exam every single month, usually after our cycle is off. I can't remember how many days. I'll give you that info. I'll give you the facts next week. But um, it's best to do it in the shower or when you're laying down. I think the, the recommendation from a medical professionals is best to do it in the shower. Um, but you can also do it laying down with your hand up and you check your breast. You check your underarms because those glands are connected. And if there's a change like in your other underarm structure, it could affect like breast um, lumps or cancer and things like that. So you check it and you start base, your breast base, and you wrap around all the way to your nipple and you check your nipple and just keep an eye on any um, growths on your, your breast, any lumps, changes in shape. Um, discharge is another, um, could be a symptom of breast cancer. And so we just need to keep a check on our breasts just to make sure that they're staying healthy and get your mammogram, get your, uh, you know, if they recommend an ultrasound, go ahead and get that ultrasound because it gives a, a more specific, um, image of your breast. And I get that done every single year. You all medical insurance, I, 
I'm not going to say all medical insurances, but most medical insurances give you 100% because it's considered preventative care and it is paid 100% by your medical insurance. I can't say it's all, but most, if not all, is considered preventative care and you do not have to pay um, for that because it's paid 100% by your insurer. If you're not sure if your, ins your medical insurance covers it, check your policy, check with your company to determine if it's 100% paid or if there's like a, you know, copay or whatever that you need to pay. Um, it should be 100%, but, you know, your insurance may not cover it. So double check your policy to make sure. Um, also, I don't know how often men should check their breasts. Like I said, I'll give you some facts next week. For Domestic Violence Awareness Month, you all, it, it, it is, it's, I don't have the statistics there. I'll give you some facts about that next. We'll talk more in detail about it next week. But y'all, domestic violence is ugly. Like, it is ugly. I missed a service. There was a service to honor victims of domestic violence, but I missed it. it was earlier this week and just forgot to go. But I have been to um, a service, a colleague of mine, um, a high school teacher at that time, she's doing other things now, but she was in a domestic violence situation. She was able to get out and she invited me to a service. I didn't even know people had, you know, that churches have services to, to, to recognize domestic violence victor, um, victims, to honor survivors and, and to acknowledge and to have visuals, you know, for for those who have, whose lives have been lost to domestic violence. And so I, I went to the service, just, you know, really open. It's like, okay, well, yeah, she invited me. Yeah, I'll be there. Y'all, I was, I was, I, I, I it, it was, a unique experience in listening to women who had been in domestic violence situations and were able to get out. And I'm not talking three, four, five years. I'm talking 18 years, 20 plus years in domestic violence um, relationships and enduring what they endured. Thankfully, the, the ladies that were there that had a testimony, they were free. They were in other relationships or just by themselves. And I remember one of the, the, the young ladies, I can't, I think hers was in the twenties. Whenever she went to the doctor, like the emergency room, like because of her bruises and different things, y'all, the medical professionals would ask her, like, what's going on in your house. Like they wanted to help her. They wanted to protect her. And she said she would lie every time. And she said, she, she said she knew that they knew that she was lying. Like she knew that they recognized that she was lying, but she maintained that lie every time that she went to the hospital because of, you know, the abuse that she endured. And, uh, it's, it's, you know, one, the, the lady who brought the word, matter of fact, she was in a short, she, I think hers was eight or nine years. So hers were, was eight or nine years. She was in an abusive relationship and she brought the word and she, I can't remember what she talked about, but she had either two or three kids, young kids at the time with, with her husband um, at that time. And he was, you know, abusive and she's since got away from him and she's married and, and, and really looked beautiful. Like I would not be able to tell that she was in an abusive relationship some, some time ago. You know, she, God had really restored her and preserved her. Not to, not to say abused women look ugly. I'm just saying, you know, she didn't look like what she'd been through, you know? And so 
I'm going to say this, and y'all, and I know I don't advocate for this, but she did talk about how her family tried to intervene and help her get out of that situation. And they offered their home to her and the kids whenever she was ready to get out. So she knew that she had the support of her family. She knew that her parents, like her parents didn't live far. She was like, her daddy was ready. <laughs> Anytime she was ready to get out, like her daddy was, was coming for her. And I don't know what could have happened to him. Anyway, it was this one particular time, y'all. And... She, she, you know, her husband abused her and she left like in her nightgown. I can't remember if the kids were with her or if the kids were like staying at somebody's house, like having a sleepover or something. But I just remember her talking like she like left the house in her nightgown and ran up the street. I can't remember how it had. I don't know if a neighbor saw her or if she, her parents' house was close enough for her to go there. I can't remember how that part went because it's probably been about maybe nine or 10 years, probably about 10 years now since I was at that service. But she said this particular time, I, I guess her, the bruises and things were so bad. Y'all, she has some family, <laughs> some family of men and they got themselves together and they did what they did. He's still alive. Like her husband's still alive. Like they, you know, but I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, so I don't advocate for that, but you know, your family does not want to see your family and friends do not want to see you going through that type of a situation. And so we feel helpless. Like when we see our family members in that type of situation, we, we really feel helpless. Like, what do we do? We pray, but I'll go and I got to be able to do something else besides pray. So anyway, if you could go to a service that, that honors domestic violence survivors and, and just visuals for domestic violence um, victims, then I encourage you to do that. It was really eye-opening. And not only were the women there sharing their testimony, there were men there, y'all, that were that were just offering, like speaking life to women. They were offering words of poetry, spoken words, songs, words of encouragement to build women up. So it was like, a, like everybody was, not everybody was there, but both males and females were there is what I was saying. It wasn't a service just for women. And those men, like I said, they spoke words of life and healing to all of us that were there. It was just a beautiful service. And like I said, the woman of God, she brought the word. And then after we went out in front of the church and we had candles and they, I, I feel like they had names on the candles, like on the little car that held the candles. I, Cause I remember seeing names. So I think the names were either on the candles. They were somewhere in the midst and you were able to call out those names of the individuals that they knew about. And if you had like a family member, a friend or loved one that had, you know, passed away from domestic violence, you were able to call out their name. And we just had a, you know, a moment of silence for them with our, it was just a beautiful service. And I just, I was judgmental of, of women who stayed in domestic violence situations. I could, ain't no man gonna be hitting me. Like I ain't crazy. They got just, just in my ignorance, that's how I felt. But once I went that service, you all, that service was so life-changing for me. And it caused me to humble myself and to really think about like what these women went through, like the women that were sharing what they went through and then what it took for them to get out of that situation, y'all. Wow, it was life-changing. And it really changed my perspective about women who are in abusive relationships and women who stay in abusive relationships. It really changed my mindset and my heart and my perspective. And so my heart is so, so um, just, um, I guess, 
extended towards women and children who are in those situations because it messes. And this is me repeating what I've heard women because I've, I've actually been able to talk to women personally who have been in abusive relationships and they have said it, it like it messes with your mental state your self-worth, your self-esteem. And so my heart really is extended to those women and what they've been through and some, you know, who are still in that. And you are, I do want you to know, and, I, and I'll give you this, the, the facts about this, but um, Super Bowl Sunday, it, I have read statistics and facts about this. Super Bowl Sunday is the number one day of the year where women are abused by their spouse or their partner, their husband, um, because of a lot of people place bets in the Super Bowl, they gamble. And if they lose, you know, they, they at their Super Bowl parties, they drinking, hollering, spitting, screaming, whatever. And if their team loses, they end up taking it out on that woman that they are attached to. So it's like the number one day. I don't know if those statistics have changed, but if, well, it, I, and I'll give you the facts like next week about it. I don't know if those statistics have changed by now. But upon my last check-in, which I think was in 2018, um, it was a number one day for women to be abused because of the drunken state of their partner and the potential, you know, he possibly lost a lot of money on the game. And I do want to say, you all, that women are not the only one who are in, a, in domestic violence situations. There are men who are abused by women. Women are the abusers. And so that percentage, I don't know. I'll give you the facts next week. But there is a percentage of men who are in abusive relationships. And so... I think we'll we'll maybe have a moment of silence next week. I'm thinking about a family friend who was killed by her husband. I think this happened um, maybe nine or ten years ago, and um, maybe I'll call out her name next week. Um, but yeah, it's domestic violence is is ugly, y'all. It's it's ugly. And so again, next week, I'll give you some more information, facts, statistics, tips on how you can, um, like not avoid, but yeah, decrease your chances of getting breast cancer. And hopefully I can find some information to support women and men who may be in domestic violence situations and maybe offer some support from licensed professionals on how you can get some help with that as well. Okay. All right, y'all. I spent almost like, I spent 45 minutes, right? On that. I hadn't planned to, but it's okay. I am going to get to some news and then I'm going to let you all go. Let me just read in the chat. Oh, wow. Well, I want to say congratulations about my class. Thank you. Um, and my mom asked, what was the number one reason most of them stayed in the relationship? Lack of money. They, one of the, the consensus amongst the women, as they were talking, they didn't have the money. He controlled the money. So they, they did not have the money to go off on their own, to get their own apartment, to, you know, take the car and move with the kids. They didn't have the resources to do it. Um, that was number one. Um, like by far that was number one. Um, since you, I'm going to leave it there, since you, you know, and, and when I do my research, I'll um, determine what are some other reasons why women stay. But number one was money. They didn't have the resources. And um, that that brought up uh, something in my mind. Um, oh, 
So look, y'all, this is something, I don't know if you're, your grandma or your great-grandma or your mom or some el uh, uh, seasoned person in your family, um, I don't know if you all have ever heard of this, but when I was a teacher assistant, instructional assistant, this was, oh gosh, um, at least about 18 years ago when I was an instructional assistant at an elementary school, there was a seasoned kindergarten teacher and sometimes she would talk to us younger teachers we were all we were young we were single we would sometimes go out together whatever but she talked about having a kitty so she was married her husband her and her, her husband had either one or two adult kids i know they had a son i feel like they had a daughter too but i know they had and so she said her husband took care of the family like he was a good provider he was a good husband good father but she still kept her a kitty and it, a kitty is she said she had some money set aside in her own account in case her husband changed his mind like went went crazy she had her own money to get out you know to go live her own life without her husband's money. And she encouraged the younger teachers, get you a kitty, set you some money aside. Every time you get paid, that is only your account, only you have access to. He don't need to know anything about it. So that's what she encouraged some of the younger, you know, educators. So it was some licensed teachers. Some she encouraged, you know, us to do that. And that has stayed with my mind. Like that has stayed in my mind. I was like, if I get married, I'm going to have me a kitty. I'm going to keep that. Now, I am not a marriage counselor or a marriage expert. So some like my cousin is a is a financial guru and she is not for that. She was like, you need to have your accounts together. And that's fine. Whatever works for your marriage works for your marriage. Whether you have one account, separate accounts, one account together, separate separate accounts, you know, you have all three. You each have your own, then you have the big one. Whatever works for you and your household. But I knew if I got married, I was gonna have me a kitty. Cause you know, I was gonna have my I was already making my own money. I was gonna keep my own money and it was just gonna be what it was gonna be. So that's what she encouraged us to do. I don't, I don't know if, you know, I, so yeah, so that, it, you know, finances, to go back to the answer to the question, finances is a major reason why some of the, the, the women stayed. Uh, let me read the other comments. Two of my family's friends lost their life due to domestic violence. Yeah, that's what my mom shared. And when the women, when the woman is doing the abusing, it is more verbally than physical. Yeah. I, okay. Thank you for that. And I'll get some more statistics and facts and information about that as well. All right, y'all. So we're going to get into some news. I've said that for the third time and we're going to get there. I only have a little bit of news. I'm going to maybe abbreviate this news because like I said, I had not planned to share all of that for like 40 minutes, but it is what it is. I'm going to take a sip. All right, y'all. So I found this um, interesting. And I wanted just to share a little bit about it with you. So this happens um, more often than we might know about, but wrongful imprisonment. So for 28 years, um, Bernal Juluk, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing your name, Leroy Nelson and Kunta Gable were wrongfully imprisoned um, for the fatal drive-by shooting in New Orleans. Okay, so there was a young lady that was killed 
in a drive-by shooting. And these three young men went to jail for this murder. Um, they actually were arrested on August 22nd, 1994, shortly after Rondell Santanek was was shot um, in the desired housing development. So this happened in New Orleans. The reason why we're talking about this case 28 later is because these three gentlemen have just been released from prison. Uh, what did they call it? They call it... Um, yeah, there is a word for it, but I can't think of it. But they were recently released. A state judge ordered their release due to a joint motion by a trio of defense lawyers and the district attorney, Jason Williams. He's a civil right of the civil rights division. So they got together and they did another investigation in this case. And they found that there were some inconsistencies with the evidence that was presented. Not only were inconsistencies found, but the arresting officers, Lynn Davis and Sammy Williams, had a history of abuse as far as evidence was concerned. So this is what the district attorney said about Lynn Davis. And this is a quote. There is extensive documented evidence that while operating under color of law, he engaged in illegal drug trafficking, framed individuals who got in his way, and even went so far as to order the murder of a private citizen who dared to report his systemic abuses. And the thing about that, him having that lady murder, he actually got convicted of um, ordering the murder of this young lady. Um, let me see if I have her name. I didn't write her name down, but he is currently facing this Lynn Davis, former police officer, is currently facing federal sentencing due to being convicted of arranging the death of a woman who filed a complaint against him. So she saw his abuses. She saw his history. She filed a complaint and he ordered her death. And he's facing, you know, he's been charged for it. He's just, he's facing his sentencing. And so um, there wasn't much information about Sammy Williams outside of the fact that these two officers together um contaminated evidence or didn't present the right evidence. Um, it was not disclosed to the jury who was trying this case or who was yeah, the jury members of this case. It was not disclosed to them during the case of Mr. Gable, Mr. Nelson, Mr. Juba, that, um, that, that Lynn Davis and Sammy Williams had a history of manipulating evidence and covering up the identity of perpetrators at murder scenes at Desire Housing Development. So Desire Housing Development is where this incident happened. And these gentlemen had a history of covering up evidence, manipulating evidence, let me say it right, and covering up the identity of perpetrators at murder scenes at Desire Housing Development. This information was not disclosed to the jury. So it is thought that these, in, these two officers tampered with evidence and none of this was presented um, as evidence to help these young men out. So they spent 28 years, they, um, you know, served 28 years. And thankfully these, um, these, um, try, these defense lawyers and the district attorney looked into this case again and the state judge ordered their release and they all have been reunited with their families and, you know, prayerfully they'll be, you know, re, re, um, reincorporating or, 
re-engaging or, you know, getting back into the world and into society as free citizens. I felt I felt bad about this because you all you There are police officers who are just out to get black people. It just is what it is. There are people in general that are just out to get black people. And I, my heart, when I read this story, my heart went out to these young men for 28 years. They spent time in jail for a murder. They didn't commit. And let me, let me give you some more information about it. The only eyewitness to this murder was Samuel Rayford. He was actually in the car with Miss, um, make sure I say Miss Rondale. He was in the car with her and he was the only eyewitness for the, um, for the prosecutors and his story was inconsistent like whenever he test whenever he gave his testimony about what happened his story was inconsistent and get this when he first gave his eyewitness testimony he didn't even mention that there were three men that committed the murder that wasn't even introduced like it was introduced by somebody else not by him like initially and so that was interesting also defendant um, that there were the defendants produced alibi witnesses as well as two additional witnesses claiming to have seen the crime taking place and contending that the defendants were not the perpetrators. Okay, so so it seems to have been evidence present at the time that this happened in 1994. And we know the case may have happened. I don't know exactly when the case got started. They were arrested in August um, of 1994. Anyway, they spent their time in jail. Um, they were teenagers at the time. Two of them were 17 and one of them were 18. And so my heart went out to them because, y'all, these corrupt police officers may have been the cause of these young men going to jail for a crime that they didn't commit. And I do know that there are people in jail who committed the crime. There's evidence to indicate people in jail. Some people in jail actually committed the crime. But there are other cases, probably more than we know about, and maybe even more than we want to know about, you know, of people who have been wrongly convicted because of tampered evidence, not enough evidence or for the simple fact that they have this color skin right here, this brown skin. And, you know, this made me think about Just Mercy. I don't know if you all have seen the movie Just Mercy. It is about um, Ryan Stevenson. He is the founder of the Equal Justice Initiative. And he, um, his first case was um, Walter, what was his name? I think I wrote it down. Walter McMillan. Walter McMillan was his first case. And he was convicted. He was arrested and was on death row for having killed an 18-year-old girl. Her name was Rhonda Morrison. So he was on trial. He was arrested and on death row for committing a crime. Thing about it, y'all, he hadn't even had a trial. He was on death row without a trial. <laughs> so Brian Stevenson came in and was like, how how you on death row? We haven't even had a trial. Like, what is going on here? So there was some lying, let's just say what it was, it was inconsistencies, lying happening around this case. Anyway, um, Brian Stevenson was able to um, get uh, free, uh, help free Walter um, McMillan. His, his charges were dropped because there wasn't, a, there, 
there wasn't enough evidence to convict him. And the thing about his case, you all go back and read it and study it for you. Like watch the movie if that's helpful for you. Read the book. It's Just Mercy by Brian Stevenson. The thing about the Walter McMillan case, which I don't understand how he even uh, was was um, arrested for the crime. There were several alibi. Like he was at a family fish fry with multiple witnesses that came forward and said, Walter was with us at the family fish fry. There's no way he could have committed this murder. But they, y'all, he was black. He was married and he was having an affair with a white woman. Let's just say how it was. And that could have been one of the reasons or the reason why they wanted him. I cannot say. But he was at the family fish fry when the murder happened. So it's interesting that they, um, from what I can remember, y'all go back and study the case for yourself and see if I have some inconsistencies. But from what I remember when I read about the case, they did not call any of the eyewitnesses. Most of the case against Walter McMillan was because of, a, of another man, I don't remember his name, I didn't write it down, who claimed him and Walter were together and that Walter committed the crime. He was lying. <laughs> he was not. So anyway, this case with these young men, this Kunta Gable, Leroy Nelson, and Bernal Julek, um, they, um, it reminded me of the Walter McMillan case. So if you, again, if you haven't seen Just Mercy, it stars Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. It is a wonderful movie and a wonderful introduction to Brian Stevenson. He has been working to get, um, uh, inmates, in particular death row inmates, uh, like re having their cases retried or looking into the evidence to see how he can help them. And him and his organization have been able to, um, lead or not lead but be instrumental in um freeing some individuals who were wrongly convicted so i uh if you you know it's a nonprofit. If you can give you can do that you know that's up to you but anyway it's a wonderful uh, organization um the eji the equal justice initiative so i wanted to share that get that out there in my heart it really goes out to these young men i'm thankful that they are free now and i pray god's blessings upon them and god's restoration and god's comfort for them as they re-enter society amen so y'all but 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 these police i mean i got to thinking about the police officers i I don't know, and maybe y'all know. Y'all tell me, drop it in the chat, drop it in the comment section. I don't understand hate against other people. Like, I don't understand planning the demise of somebody else. I don't understand that. Like, I don't know what it takes for a person to formulate in their mind, I'm going to harm you. I want to hurt you. I want to desecrate you. I want to end your life. You know, and when I mean, when I say in life, it could be not like physical, but I'm thinking like in your life in the respect that I'm taking your life, you know, you're going to jail. So your life is no longer yours. I don't know what it takes to do that. And these were police officers who had, you know, um, access to the evidence and could manipulate and could tamper. And man, like why? But why? Like what benefit was it to those officers to have done that? Like, I don't know y'all, like, why, 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 I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand that. Y'all tell me why are people like that? Is it just that people are mean spirited or they just the son of their father? The Bible talk about being the son, say info, they the son of their fathers. They're the, yeah, they're the son of their father. 
So anyway, y'all, I'm just glad that these young men are free and that they're able to move forward in their lives. Okay. All right. I'm going to share, keep, keep going a few more. I'm going to be finished by around eight o'clock y'all. So y'all just know it's going to be finished by eight o'clock. I wanted to share these next two stories are about some young um, women, two missing young black women. And you know what, y'all? So I've talked about Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. I've talked about his show before. It's actually on right now. And so every single episode, he he he, he, show, he airs live. His show airs live Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. And he always has a um, black and missing um, segment within his broadcast where he talks about individuals that are missing, black and missing. And you all know, y'all, y'all know that the news does not give coverage to black, to missing women or men who are black, but they give all the coverage in the world. If it's a white woman, y'all, then you get all the coverage in the world. Who is the lady? Um, I can't, I think I have her name somewhere in one of my news articles, which I get, let me see if I can find it right now since I'm talking about her. Yeah, oh, yeah, what was her name? Let me see if I can find it. I'm going to find it. Uh, Gabby Petito. Y'all remember when Gabby Petito got, got got missing last year? That's all we heard. Gabby Petito. Gabby Petito. Y'all didn't want to turn my news. White woman. And they searched 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 and they found her. She was found dead. But they searched for her. Our black women, our black men, our black children who come up missing, they don't get that same passion. They don't get that same empathy. They don't get that same urgency to find where they are, what has happened to them. And it's unfortunate. So I really appreciate Roland Martin Unfilter on the Black Star Network um, having a segment, Black and Missing. That's not what inspired this tonight. I was actually doing some research and thought about it and found two different cases of two Black women who are missing. I'm just going to highlight them so we can be praying for them, praying, praying for their, you know, return, hopefully alive and safe, and so that we can pray for their family, okay? So I'm just going to give you these two briefs about these young ladies, so one of them is named Mishra. I'm going to mispronounce her name, so I do apologize. Uwan Uti. I think it's pronounced Uwan Uti. She is from Kenya. But she was a um, a um, Princeton student. And she uh, went missing on, uh, on Thursday. So today is the 20th. So last Thursday, she was last seen about 3 a.m. last Friday. She was last seen about 3 a.m. near campus. Uh, she, a student at, she's a student at Princeton University. And so her family, you know, went on Good Morning America. Her brother did, went on Good Morning America just to, sh to share with the world that his sister is missing and to make a plea for anybody who has information about her whereabouts to, you know, to notify the police. And so, um, y'all, let's just pray for her. You know, Mishra Owunti. Nitty, maybe, and I apologize. I'm going to put her name in the chat. Um, I'm going to put her name in the chat so prayerfully that we can, um, so prayerfully we can, you know, prayerfully she will return safe. Um, um, and that her family, you know, will just be comforted in this time of 
anxiety and frantic and just not knowing exactly what's happening. And so, yeah, so there, there, uh, it seems like campus police, you know, they are involved. I don't know. It didn't indicate any search efforts that are going on for the young lady outside of her family, but, um, Prayerfully, she can be found safely and um, prayerfully her family can get some answers about um, where she is and then, you know, what happened to her. And unfortunately, sometimes these cases don't turn out well, but um, let's hope that she'll be all right. All right. So the other young lady, now this young lady, she's been missing for seven months, you all. She, so this is a Princeton student. This young lady, um, let me see. I think I, this young lady, I don't think I said where she's from, um, but it the it doesn't say where she's from. So if I said she was from a different, because this young lady is from Kenya. If I said this, you know, Mishra was from Ken, Kenya, I apologize. That's, that was wrong information. So if I did say that, I apologize. That's not right. Um, this young lady, Miss Irene Gakwa, Gakwa? Y'all, please forgive me for mispronouncing names if, if I am. I, I sincerely apologize. But she is a native of Kenya. And she was reported missing in March of this year. So her family has been searching for her for the last seven months. Um, she actually is noted that she spoke to her parents every single day, um, every single day, twice a day um, by using the WhatsApp app. Like I know a family member actually uses a WhatsApp app for her child who is in a different country right now in the military. So um, so this is how Miss Irene um, communicated with her parents. And so they said that the last time they spoke with her was February 24th. You know, her the conversations ended there. And on March 20th, her brother filed a missing person report. Now, it was noted in the report that um, Irene met a young man on Craigslist and she actually moved from her Idaho home, or I'll say where she was residing in Idaho, Bozie, Idaho, to Galette, Wyoming. It's reported to be with him that she moved from, you know, Bose or Bozie, Idaho to Galette, Wyoming to be with this, this man. And um, one of the brothers noted that they did not care for him once they met him, um, but, you know, they didn't share those thoughts with, with their sister. And so he was a person of interest initially when she was missing, but he was um, freed on a $10,000 bond. So I don't know where it, where, like if he's still a person of interest. Um, I just know they haven't found her or no further suspects, but um, the family doesn't feel like the police department has looked into this case as thoroughly as they should have. So they are still, you know, fighting to get more information from the police as well as, you know, trying to figure out like where their sister, where their daughter is. And so it was noted that the young man, y'all can look this up for yourself, a young man that was, that she was supposed to have been dating, um, that he had been charged with a handful of felonies, including two counts of theft, one count of unlawful use of a credit card, and two counts of crime against intellectual property. And Miss Irene, the young lady who was missing, she was listed these crimes. Now, all this came about after she became missing. So y'all, and I think there's, I do have some more information about that, but um, 
I do want to share this quote by a young lady who is helping the family. She is a non-related family member, but she is helping in the search of this young lady. But she states, her name is, uh, let's see, I have her last name. Her name is Stacy Coaster. She's a volunteer from Gallette, Wyoming, where the young lady was reported missing, Miss Irene. And she says, I just feel like if Irene was white with blonde hair and blue eyes, police would be having a press conference every week. Coyster, who is white, this is what she shared with ABC News. Uh, she noted that the law enforcement response to the disappearance of Gabby Batita, a 22-year-old white woman who went missing last year and was later found dead. I feel personally like she did talk about that case um, as she was speaking to ABC News. She also said, I feel personally that Irene's case didn't get the attention it deserves. So this young lady, this Stacy, Miss Stacy, she is actually leading a search party every week, every week to hopefully find Irene. And it was noted that there was a um there was some evidence that came about to cause the police department to go back to the home where Miss Irene resided and to do some more search there. So I don't know what the evidence was. It could have said in the article, um, but you can go research it for yourself. Um, it was also noted that there was a um, steel drum on the property of the young man that she was, you know, it was said that she was engaged in a relationship with um, and it was burned. And so there was some investigation within that drum. I don't think, you know, they found anything, but that was uh, of interest, you know, to the police um, department. And um, so it's just unfortunate, you all, that, you know, I just, like, I've never had a family member um, that I know of that have come up missing. And if I did, that would be difficult. Like, I I pray with, I pray um, for my family so much and, you know, praying God's protection over them and the nieces and nephews, you all, I just want to encourage us to take care of our family, to look out for our family, to stay in communication with our family, to know as much as you can know what they're doing because they grown folks. So as much as you can know what they're doing, know who their friends are, their boyfriend, girlfriend, spouses are, know what they're doing, you know, as far as if they're going on vacation or if there's, you know, whatever, they start a new job, get the information to the new job in case you need to call them. If you, you can't contact that family member, that friend, like I just encourage us to keep up with our family, keep up with our friends, you know, get nosy. If you want to get nosy, you know, I'll, that family member can say you all up in my business back up. And if they say that, you know, you back up. But if they didn't want to engage you and share what's going on in their life, like, let's just be in communication with our family, you all. Okay. So we pray that Miss Irene is found. I, I, I got, I have a gut feeling that she, you know, I don't, you know, it's, I, so y'all let's just pray, you know, pray for, for the family and just, you know, that, that the police can, can get some evidence that will lead to her. So, um, so yeah, y'all, that's why we, we, you know, I know, you know, and for those of us who are, who we feel like our family members being nosy and trying to figure out where we at, what we doing, what's going on, let's just be thankful that we have people that are concerned about us, that we have people that love us and want to know what we're doing so that they can keep up with us. You know what I mean? 
And, you know, and I want to say because of Miss Irene, she met this guy. And I'm not saying that this, this man is involved in any way. I don't know. I'm just reading the article and what was presented by the police officer and other investigate investigators. But if you do meet somebody online, of course, you got to, if you meet somebody even in person, child, you got to be careful. <laughs> but if you meet somebody online, just, I just would encourage all of us single people, divorced people, uh, separated people looking for a relationship, just be careful. If God gives you those red flags, please pay attention. If something don't feel right in your good, please pay attention. If they say or do something that, that causes you to pause, that gives you pause, pay attention. That is the Holy Ghost telling you danger, mayday, mayday, danger, danger, that's trying, that's giving you a warning that this person is not right for you. Time to, time to ask. I see you. Check, please. I see you round away. Just, let's just be careful with online dating. Be careful with blind dates. Be careful with person, you know, in-person dating. Just be discerning. Ask God to give you some discernment. Ask God to lead you. Ask God to guide you. Ask God to show you who that person is, whether they show, whether they are trying to put a mask on or whatever. Ask God to show you that person's heart, to show you who that person really is, you all, so that we can protect ourselves, keep ourselves as safe as absolutely possible. That's for men and for women. Could there be some men that be tripping for sure, for sure? And there be some women out here tripping for sure, for sure. Okay, that, that can be just as rough as a man. So let's just be mindful, discerning, careful, paying attention to the warning signs, paying attention to the red flags, Pay attention. Don't shrug. If you, if God give you a warning, don't shrug it off. Don't shrug it off. Pay attention. I don't care how fine that man is. I don't care how shapely that woman is. Pay attention to the warning signs. Because it don't matter really how they look. What matters is how they treat you. You know, how they treat you. If they respect you. If they're you know, encouraging you, if they're treating you with kindness, if they're communicating well with you, if they're not putting you down, you know, pay attention to the warning signs. All right, that's it. Y'all, I'm about to give me another drink. My mama talking about I'm gulping. I know I am because I'm thirsty. I haven't had water. I have not had any water to drink since I finished. Did I have dinner? I didn't have dinner tonight. So I haven't had water to drink since I came home and I've been home for a couple of hours. And that's not like me. I'm usually drinking some water. So that's why I'm gulping because I'm way past time for me to drink some water. So I'm gonna take another sip. How y'all feeling? Y'all okay? I got one more um, new story for y'all. Then we're gonna move forward. I got an unboxing to do with you all. We're gonna move forward. So, um, my mom said, yes, you have your own account. So yeah, that's, you know, y'all married folk, y'all, y'all know what's best for you. Y'all do what's best for you. Cause I don't want nobody to say Stephanie from Stephanie from sip and say what Stephanie said. I don't want to hear that. You do what's best for you, your marriage, your finances, your accounts, y'all do what's best for you. So look y'all, I'm y'all look. Okay. 
I got one more news story to share. And y'all, with, with, with Halloween coming up, and I know that the Christian folks don't celebrate Halloween. If y'all want to take y'all kids to get some candy, take y'all kids to get some candy. I, it's, the, the, it's not going to keep you from heaven. If you want to put your kids on a costume, uh, a Paw, uh, Paw Patrol, a Bumblebee, uh, whatever, you know, uh, what's, what's popular now, the PJ Masks, um, what else they do? A storybook character. It's not going to send you to hell if you want to take your kids trick-or-treating. I'm just saying what I'm saying. If y'all don't like it, it's all good. Just if I say with 70, I can say what I want to say. If you want to take your kids trick-or-treating, you do that. It's it's all good. Now, if God said don't take them, then y'all don't take them. Be led by the Holy Ghost. Don't be led by Stephanie. Be led by the Holy Ghost. But it's not going to send you to hell to dress your child up in a costume and go trick-or-treating. I'm just saying what I'm saying. And I stand by what I'm saying. Sometimes the churches have fall festivals. Sometimes the churches have um, uh, hallelujah nights. So whatever, you know, we used to have hallelujah night. One of the churches that I went to, we dress up in biblical characters. We'll play games, give out candy. You know, it's all good. Whatever you decide to do to celebrate, it's all good. This particular story is a trip, but it, it, it comes about because of Halloween. So y'all, these daycare workers, what state was it in? These daycare workers in um, Hamilton, y'all, in Hamilton, Mississippi, they decided to put on some masks and scare the babies, y'all. I'm all for having fun with the children. But putting on a scary mask and scaring kids, that is not fun. That is inappropriate. It's uncalled for. And in this case, it got them some charges. Let me give you the story. I don't know if you all have seen the movie, Scary Movie, or I think it was like six of them, right? I went and saw the first one with some um, some of my church sisters and brothers in the Lord. We went to see the Scary Movie. I only saw the first one. That was enough for me. I'm not into scary movies. They wanted to go. I'm going with the crowd. This was all good. It was not peer pressure. I was just like, I'm going. We was hanging out. So there's a mask. Even if you haven't seen the movie, you probably have seen the previews. So it's this white face and it kind of, it's, it kind of elongates a little bit. Look it up, Scary Movie, and it'll show you the mask. These doggone daycare workers, yes, I said daycare workers, put these masks on and, and went forward in scaring these doggone kids at the center. Listen to the name of this center. Little Blessings <laughs> Child Care and Learning Center in Hamilton, Hamilton, Mississippi. Yes, I said Little Blessings. The L-I-L with the possibly Little Blessings Child Care and Learning Center. Y'all, I didn't watch the video. There is a video. I don't know. First of all, I don't know why these daycare workers decided to put on a scary mask and scare kids. That's number one. Then these doggone te teachers recorded them scaring the kids. I'm like, Jesus, keep me near the cross. I didn't, I don't even know how old the kids were, y'all. Let me see if it says. I don't know, but it was five of them. Let me let me give you some, some more information. Y'all go, well, I don't I didn't see the video. I didn't watch a video. If y'all want to watch a video, all y'all have to do is type in little blessings child care. And it's going to pop up and them videos going to start popping up soon. 
<laughs> so anyway, so this one, and it's not funny. And this, the, what's funny to me is the fact that they actually did this. And they thought it was okay to do this to kids. And then doggone it, they recorded it. Like that is, I mean, you're talking about worlds. So anyway, um, let me see. So in the video, you can see the worker, you know, wearing this, the scary, the mask from the scary movie and terrorizing the kids. But one of the teachers says, are you being bad? Do I need to take you outside? One of the daycare workers is heard screaming in a child's face. The child is trying to like hide, but they're screaming in the child's face. There's another incident of a woman bending, one of the workers bending down and shrieking in a child's face. The child was already crying and shaking with fear. And this teacher with his scary mask on, uh, the mask from the scary movie, um, shrieking in this child's face. The, the lady who's actually videoing these teachers doing this, she says, you can, it said that you can hear it in the video recording. We are supposed to be cleaning up, monster, is what is being said in the video. It's also noted that the woman in the mask, she continues to stalk the children who are screaming in fear. At one point in the video, like I said, I have not watched the video. Y'all watch it for yourself. At one point, in the, it said that there was a boy that started running away from one of the women in the mask. And the woman started chasing the child. And then when she, she chased him, okay, let me make sure I get it right. She's chasing him and she's screaming. Chasing him, screaming. And it's noted that she was screaming even in his face. Watch y'all think about this. <laughs> when I read this, I was like, no, this, this is not. So like I said, I didn't see the video, but you know how you can see, like it pulls up a picture for the video. And so the video that, that popped up, you can see one of the teachers and you can see the mask, her in the mask, and you see the kids there. And I was like, I'm not going to watch this video because I do not want to see anybody terrorizing kids. That is not something that I want to see. I'm fine just reading about it. I don't need to see this, these teachers doing this. I don't want to hear these children screaming in fear. That's just not, that's, no. I, I don't like, like even with the George Floyd video, y'all, I just, the whole, not like I could not watch the whole thing. I think I watched a little part of it, but y'all, I just those I just don't like those types of things to have that in my like in my memory. So, um, even with the Uvalde, when the children were you know were killed by that gunman, like I don't know if there were any videos going about, but I was just like, no, it, it's just too it's just too much for my for my nerves and for my heart. So I wouldn't didn't watch the video, but if you all want to watch it, y'all go and do that. So the authorities got wind of what happened. I don't know how the authorities found out about it, but they found out about what happened. And so on October 17th, which was Monday, um, the Monroe County Sheriff's Office, the prosecuting attorney and the district attorney, they met with the, with the parents of the children that were involved in this incident that happened with the teachers. They talked to the families. They let the families know that there could be possible criminal charges against these teachers. You know, they, they did have a conversation. And when I read this, I was like, is this normal? Like, is it normal for, for um, you know, for authorities to, to reach out to families who 
are victims of a crime. Like I don't, maybe it is. I'm not a, an expert in the law in any respect, but if y'all know, put it in the chat or add it to the comment section. I'm actually going to go do some research for myself. I didn't have time to research it before I came on Sip and Say with Stephanie, but I'm actually going to research it for myself, um, which it, it is, it's good. Like if they do this, this is wonderful, you know, for them to reach out to families and give them information about what the crime that was you know, the potential crime that was committed and the potential charges that could be brought against the individuals who harmed them. I mean, I think that's good. I just don't know if that's standard with law enforcement or if that's just how they do it in Mississippi or whatever, or or if it's specific to certain police departments. That I don't know. I'm going to have to research that out. And so anyway, they, they talked to the families and some of the parents were given an opportunity like to share the information that they had concerning this incident that happened. So as I'm wrapping this up, I will let you know that the names of the offenders, it was five of them, Sierra McCandles, Asiana Kilburn, Jennifer Newman, Cheyenne or Cheyenne Shelton, and Tracy Hudson. You can look it up for yourself. If I said your name wrong, I truly apologize. Even if you were charges brought against you, I still want to be respectful. That's your name. And so charges were brought against them. So Asiana, Asiana, Jennifer, and Cheyenne, they each face three counts of felony child abuse for their role in this incident. And Houston, um, Tracy Houston, she faces two charges of failure to report abuse and simple assault against a minor. And those are misdemeanors, okay? Um, they were charged, rightfully so. What y'all think about that case? What do y'all think about these daycare workers scaring the babies? Like, I just, I cannot believe that this actually, <laughs> I couldn't believe that it happened. And I couldn't believe that they literally, like, they thought that this was okay, number one, and they actually videoed it. So I want to know what y'all think about this particular case, because it's wild. Like, it's wild. Like, I wouldn't, like, we, um, when I worked in an early learning center, we did have dress up time, but we dressed up in March during Read Across America and where we celebrated Dr. Seuss in particular, but just books and reading and learning from books. And we would dress up in book characters um, to celebrate Read Across America. I cannot, now during Halloween, I don't think we called it Halloween, we called it Fall Festival, and we did pumpkin. Um, pumpkin carving. We had a pumpkin, a family pumpkin carving night where we had all, you know, we actually provided the pumpkins and the supplies and we had like newspapers spread out in the different rooms and families could go and they could um, like carve the pumpkin. I think one room we did like some arts and crafts that you can do. And so that's how we, you know, celebrated, you know, Halloween or, you know, fall festival. Um, but, but we would never scare, like I never even considered scaring kids. Like I I don't, I don't even have any moments where I've scared any of my nieces and nephews because I don't like to be scared and I wouldn't do that to anybody else. And I do, I, I, there's a, there's a something coming to mind about a mask because I feel like there has been other like individuals that have tried to scare me with masks, but, um, but the memories are kind of, you know, I can't really ca capture the memory fully, but anyway, this is what happened. I just want to know what y'all think. 
<laughs> about these daycare workers. So anyway, just let me know what you think. You can add it to the chat, add it to the comment section. I am done with the news. I do want to mention that we are in voting season. I know that y'all know we are in voting season. And I, I, I hope and pray that you were able to register in your county in order to vote in this midterm election. I was checking my registration regularly over the last few weeks. I've been checking my registration faithfully. Like I've been a registered voter since 1990, um, since the 1990s. Um, I've been a registered voter and I have been um, voting in every election except for a few primaries. When I was a little younger, I missed a few primaries, but I got myself together and I vote in primaries because in my opinion, it is just important to vote in primaries that determine your local um, leaders and your state leaders. To me, that is just as important, sometimes more important in, in some respects because that local and that county and that state affects me directly. So it is just as important, if not more important than voting in the presidential elections. And you all, this this midterm is 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 tight. When I say it's tight, you know the Republicans and Democrats are headed in. Um, and you know it's fifty fifty in the Senate right now. You in the, the Senate surveys in particular is tight. So y'all, and some of the some of the um, some of the um, elections you should be watching, or I I will. I say I'm going to be watching. I'm not going to tell you what you should be doing. You know what you should be doing, what you want to do. The 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 elections that I'm going to be watching or the states that I'm going to be watching closely and that I've been looking at and trying to check what's going to happen. I, I You know, I can't predict. Only God knows what's going to happen. Um, but Pennsylvania, I'm watching Pennsylvania with with, with my, my Met Oz and um, Fet, what's Fetterman? John Fetterman. I'm watching that one. I am watching Georgia with Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. Y'all, I'm watching. Like, I'm, I'm y'all know the little eyes icon on your phone? Like, I am watching. I'm trying, what's going on? What's going to happen? In, oh. I'm watching my state of North Carolina. I'm, I'm watching Sherry Beasley and Ted Budd. I'm watching very, very closely, y'all. And I'm watching Florida. What's going on with this Marco Rubio and Val Demons? Did y'all did y'all see the Have y'all been watching the debates, y'all? None of these states affect me directly except for North Carolina. But I'm I'm I mean I got the eyes open. Let me let me show y'all. I got the eyes. I'm watching. So those are the four states that I'm I'm watching. This I'm also watching Louisiana because I don't. I don't know what's going to happen in Louisiana, so I've been listening a little bit, not as in detail, but listening to a little bit about what's going on in, in Louisiana, so I'm watching. So the, the, at Pennsylvania, Georgia, North Carolina, Florida, I'm really, I'm really watching, but I'm also concerned or thinking about Louisiana. I'm thinking about Nevada, Wisconsin, Arizona, New Hampshire, Ohio, Colorado, especially that Ohio. I'm curious to know what's going to happen in the U.S. Senate races in those particular states. So y'all, what are y'all watching any states? Like, are y'all concerned or curious about any of the um, elections that are happening in, in any state? Y'all, I, I, I just that Georgia and that Florida and this doggone North Carolina. 
vote. All I'm going to say is vote. Vote your conviction. Vote who you want to vote for. I know who I'm going to vote for. I already got my sample ballot. I'm ready to go. Y'all vote your conviction. Vote for the candidate that you think will best be suited for <clears throat> your family, for your city, your county, your state to represent you in the legislative, in the House, in the, in, in the um, Senate. Vote for who you think. I'm also watching the Georgia gubernatorial race, a uh, gubernatorial race, because I, Stacey Abrams, and what's his name, y'all? I don't even know the the incumbent's name. Uh, who who she who she running against, y'all? I don't, I don't, I, you know, I'm, just, you know, you know, what's his name? I need to find his name. I'm gonna look up his name. What's his name? Y'all tell me his name. Y'all know what it is. Y'all can probably tell me quicker than I can find it. Okay, I'm not finding it. Who is that? Brian Kemp. Oh my lord, no, no. I'm what I'm. I got my eyes open to that one too because I'm. So I did not recognize, and maybe I'll talk about it next week, you all. But I, I don't think I recognized until a couple of years back how important that governor, who who is elected governor of your state, the governor of your state has a lot of power. Now, granted, you have your your U.S. Uh, I mean, your state representatives, your state senate. You have your the lieutenant governor who's supposed to be supporting the governor. That's not happening in our state. It's, it's another conversation, another sip and say with Stephanie might need some real alcohol for that conversation. Y'all pray for me. Uh, <laughs> but like, they have a lot of they got a lot of power. So I'm closely watching what's happening in Georgia in the U.S. Senate race, and I'm closely watching what's happening in their gubernatorial race, gubernatorial in their governor's race. Okay, I just, I just, and y'all, I do have a statistic about Georgia, and I promise you, I'm gonna be finished with the news because I'm gonna do this. Um, but I told y'all we were gonna be finished by eight. It's eight oh five. I, 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 I had good intentions, but I didn't stick with my eight o'clock. I apologize. Y'all give me about fifteen more minutes. Okay. You may not care about this, but I care about it. And since the sip and say with Stephanie, I'm going to share this information with you just so you'll know. So the Georgia actually opened polling on, when did they open up? Sometime this week. When was it? I don't know when they started early voting. Oh, I didn't write that down. So I'm sorry, y'all. So I don't know when Georgia started early voting. But as of recently, this week, there have been more individuals in Georgia that have voted than did in the presidential election in 2020. So their counts on Tuesday, so their counts on Tuesday of this week superseded the votes that came uh, out in the 2020 election. That's how serious these Georgians are about this midterm election. Like they, they, they understand their state better than any of us do. Georgians know their state and they, they, I believe that they recognize how, how, and how just necessary, like how, like we, we, you know, how necessary and needed it is for them to vote in this election. And I'm going to stop right there. I'm not, I do have the numbers in front of me, but I just find it fascinating that on with Tuesday Council, there was more individuals who already voted, early voting, than in the 2020 presidential election. Let me make sure I said that right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um let me let me read it how it says to make sure I'm saying it right. So Georgians are already casting their ballots at a fast pace with vote counts on Tuesday surpassing 2020 presidential election records for the second day of early voting, surging to nearly twice the early vote totals of 2018 at the same point. So not total votes, but at the same point. So I did I did say that wrong initially. That's why I said let me read it to make sure I'm giving you accurate information. So what I said was wrong before, but what I just read is accurate, um, that the uh, the records are surging to nearly twice the early vote totals of 2018 at the same point. All right. Woo, this race. Woo, I'm watching it, y'all. I'm watching it. Oh, I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. The Bible say to watch and pray. Hallelujah. I'm going to take a sip. The Bible says to watch and pray. Hallelujah. Okay. Last thing I'm going to do, you all, is share that I'm going to open my box. So this is my box. And we're going to open it and see what's up in here. <laughs> y'all want me to adjust? Y'all want me to adjust? I can't stand up because I ain't all the way together on this bottom. But I'm going to go ahead and open this box with you. It's a little heavy. Use my box cutter away from my body. I'm just saying that for y'all's sake, in case you didn't know. You use knives and scissors and box cutters away from your body. So let's see what Stephanie has in her box. I'm not trying to be scary at all. I promise you I'm not. You all look. Look what I got. Woo-hoo. I got my books. I got my books without the proof attached to it, right? Because y'all have seen this book, but this is my book. I got a, I ordered a couple of my um, trilogy books. It is available right now. You are on Amazon.com. Look for uh, Determined Publishing. You can find it on my website at DeterminedPublishing.com. Order my book today for $28. This is my trilogy, A Long Time Coming, Books 1, Book 2, Book 3. Book 1 is A Journey of Life, Book 2, A Journey of Love, and Book 3, A Journey Home. This is my faith focus trilogy and i'm so excited about it yeah 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 y'all this is my first trilogy and it's probably going to be my only trilogy <laughs> but it is the story of victoria and her mom veronica veronica excuse me is a young lady and her mother victoria and their family and their friends and it's a mess and it's hilarious and it might make you mad it might make you cry might make you want to cuss me out i'm okay with all of that um, so yes, yeah, so get my book today for $28. The printed copy is $28, or you can get the ebook for $9.99. I'm gonna put my book down. So, like I said, I got a couple of books. I'm not gonna take out all of them, but I got a couple of books. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, y'all go ahead and order it. I'm gonna put the link in the chat so that you can have it. And you can actually go to my website as well as Amazon.com. You can read a sample. I'm actually going to take the free 
um, chapters one through six off by October 31st. I'm going to re remove that, but you will still be able to read chapters one through four for free on Amazon. You can find it on my website. You can actually read it directly from my website. And if you want to order it, just click the button. It'll take you to Amazon and order the ebook. If you want to order the printed copy, you can order that right from my website. Okay. All right. And there's also the video is up here. You all that my mom and my uncle, we did a video together, you all, about the book release. So we talked about the first six chapters um, on the book release night, which was last Monday, October 10th, it released, and uh, a long time coming trilogy released. And so my mom and my uncle joined me, and y'all, we talked about the book, we talked about relationships, we talked about premarital sex, we talked about, you know... Uh, mother and father relationships and how you deal with, you know, the mom not telling her child that this is your dad. So we just talked about, we had some healthy conversations about the book. <laughs> the book. So you all get it. I'm going to type it in the chat um, right here. A long time coming trilogy, books one two and three. Let me just see if I can spell trilogy right. And uh, then we might be in business. Praise the Lord. All right. Y'all, I hope that you get it. Me and my mom and my uncle, we're going to come on again and do a second part because we just did the first six chapters. So I'm curious to know my mom and my uncle's thoughts about the end of book one. Hopefully we can do that in December, but if we don't do it in December, maybe January, if the Lord blesses us to live to see it, we can come back together and have another discussion about book one, uh, book two, and book three. So I'll have to incorporate this in sometime next year or in December or sometime next year where we can talk about these three books. And I'm curious to know what you think about it, your um, first impressions, your last impressions, your good impressions, your not so good impressions. Like I'm so curious to know what you think about this trilogy and just to get the good, I would love the feedback, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Should I write another trilogy or should Stephanie know you start this show first, like let it be your last. I'm just curious to know what you all think. So go ahead and order my book today. Printed copy is available again for $28 on my website, determinedpublishing.com, or you can get the ebook at Amazon and also at Kobo. All of the information is at determinedpublishing.com. Click the trilogy button and it it'll give you all you need to know about my book okay all right y'all i am done i do want to say thank you for joining me tonight so i promise if the lord blesses me to live to see next thursday at 6 30 p.m we're back with sip and say with stephanie we'll talk about breast cancer awareness month we'll talk about domestic violence awareness month i will give you some information about national novel writing month and hope that you join me for National Novel Writing Month, I might even do a, just a really short mindfulness exercise. I know I said that early on, earlier this year, but I might do a very short mindfulness exercise with you just to give you a little bit of taste of what I'll be doing. I might even do the one that I'm going to teach on Monday. I mean, on Sunday, excuse me. I might give it to you on Thursday. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Again, thank you all so much for joining me for Sip and Say. I appreciate your presence. I appreciate you listening to the rebroadcast. I appreciate the podcast listeners that are 
following me and listening on Spotify and Anchor FM. And yes, I am available on Apple Podcast, y'all. If you have an I, uh, Apple, an Apple. I, I, I was trying, I was about to say something else, April, I don't know. If you have an Apple device, my tongue was not doing what I needed it to do. If you have an Apple device, and then I tried to say my mistake and it wasn't working out. If you have an Apple, this is say with Stephanie. I like to have fun. I make mistakes. I love and I love it. If you have an Apple device, you can look me up, the Stephanie Humphrey channel. You can get all the podcasts right on your Apple device. Go ahead and subscribe to my channel on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to my channel on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel on Spotify. Subscribe to my channel on Anchor FM on the podcast, Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Um, subscribe to the podcast, the Stephanie Humphrey channel, and then subscribe right here on YouTube so you can get notifications about my upcoming shows, okay? You all, again, thank you. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to like the podcast so I can have that feedback. Like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Again, set up the notifications so you'll know when I'm going live. Usually every Thursday at 6.30 p.m. There, there is a rare occasion where I will um, come on live at a different time than the 6.30 on Thursday. So just never know when that's going to happen. But get the notification so that you are aware. Okay. All right, y'all. I'm about to go, go, go. I don't even know why I'm singing tonight. I guess I'm feeling good, good, good. All right, y'all. Y'all take care. Y'all be blessed. And I will see you next Thursday at 6.30 p.m. for Sip and Say with Stephanie. Bye, y'all. In addition to going live on my YouTube channel at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, I also go live at 10 p.m. on my podcasting channels, including Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Blessings.